what's going on family tgif thank god it's friday welcome to another edition of the faction quick hits i hope you guys are doing well certainly what a week it's been here in the world of the faction and in the world of pro wrestling i just got to shout out everybody who joins us on the socials instagram facebook twitter thank you so much for hanging out with us those of you who are joining us by way of podcast if you're subscribed thank you so much if you're brand new because we've got a host of new folks that have been joining us all week thank you so much for hanging out with us i hope you're finding something here that you enjoy we do a lot of cool things here at the faction and hopefully we bring you the world of pro wrestling in an interesting and different way so with that said thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing continue to subscribe continue to share the word with your friends your followers and the rest of your wrestling community and we'll have one giant happy faction family gotta give a big shout out to everybody who joined us last night for our special interview with the IWTV independent wrestling world champion AC Mack I am so excited about that interview I'm so excited about all that's happening for him and of course he'll be with us tonight in his first title defense of that newly won championship against David Ali the longest reigning SHW champion it's going to be crazy tonight at Southern Honor Wrestling so if you can get out there you'll want to do it tailgating's happening all sorts of amazing things are going down but yeah if you missed that that interview is available the audio is available right now wherever you get our podcasts the video version you can watch that that is available on our facebook page facebook.com slash the faction show again facebook.com slash the faction show And if you're there, go ahead and like the page. And this way you can find out all the cool things that we're dropping. But thank you again. I'm a big fan of AC Mac. And we're going to have more of that coming your way. So stay tuned. But with that said, it's time to get into this wrestling conversation. And there's a lot that we need to talk about. So earlier this week, we shared with you that Brian Kendrick asked for his release from WWE and received it. Now, it was interesting because everyone had been talking about Mustafa Ali, who's been wanting his release, but Brian Kendrick actually got it. Now, let's think about Brian Kendrick's career. Kendrick, of course, spent probably the last, I would say, seven to eight years in WWE as part of the cruiserweight division, then ultimately moving into the NXT arena, uh, working as a coach and a producer. And so really some pretty cool things happening. And with him getting his release, he was open to being able to be at AEW. In fact, he was supposed to make his debut Wednesday night at AEW Dynamite against Jon Moxley, which was going to be an amazing match. However, and comma, things came out which were just absolutely incredible about Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick did an interview in 2011 where he said some pretty wild things. He went everywhere from saying that the Holocaust wasn't real to saying things like 9-11 was a farce, a lot of wild conspiracy theories, racist commentary, etc. And so Tony Khan made the decision, hey, we can't do this. And he immediately pulled Kendrick 
from the card. I don't know if that means Kendrick will not be coming to AEW, though with some of these comments and several of them are available via video, not just in an interview format, it's kind of damning. But let me throw this out there. I don't know which is worse. The fact that obviously people were able to find these things so easily and one could say it cost him his AEW position or, and this is where I'm leaning, the fact that these things have been out there and he was still a card-carrying member of the WWE roster. Not just a card-carrying member, but he was featured in the Cruiserweight Classic. He was a Cruiserweight Champion. He was prominently featured overtime in WWE, all while these things were still out there. And what do I mean by these things? The one interview that's out there is a 2011 interview. So his time in the cruiserweight division, again, circa 2014, 2015, that was really, really fresh. So I'm very interested in how he was able to work within WWE for the last eight years and nobody ever cited any of this information now i'll say this if you remember a few months ago one of nxt's referees was ultimately released and it was around this same kind of conspiracy theory racist type of stuff which is just something that we should not be tolerating in the wrestling industry however there are certain places that care a bit more about what you can do in the ring and on screen than the kind of person that you are. Now, Brian Kendrick has come out with several apologies on Twitter. Here's some of the things that he said. He said, quote, I spread the most vile comments without thinking of the damage it would cause. I will live with this regret for the rest of my life. I am truly sorry for the pain I have caused. I apologize for all the hurt and embarrassment I've caused with my words. These are not my beliefs and never were beliefs of mine. And I crossed the line. I think where that's problematic is you're being interviewed, sir. You're being interviewed and you're on video saying these things. So if they're not your beliefs, maybe you should say these are not my current beliefs. But when you say they were never beliefs of mine, then which do we believe? Do we believe you in 2022 or do we believe you in 2011 and talking about such hurtful things such impactful things like sandy hook like the holocaust like 9-11 yeah that's bad business that's bad business so i don't know what this means for the rest of his wrestling career does he end up taking sensitivity courses and find his way back to AEW? Will someone on the independent circuit grab him? I don't know. What I do know is it's a horrible look, and it does make me look at WWE a little bit differently, knowing that they housed Kendrick. But again, it's not the first time. Remember, Jackson Riker had a job in WWE for quite some time, even after in 2020, several racist statements came out that he made and his partners were ultimately fired but he not only kept the job but was repackaged was being presented prominently 
Yeah, unfortunately, I'd like to be able to say that WWE has a better record with these types of things. But look at Lars Sullivan and all of the horrible things that came up in his past. And he was still prominently featured. In fact, most of the reason we didn't see Lars Sullivan on SmackDown was because of an injury that happened to him, not because of WWE's response to some of these allegations. And they really weren't allegations when you can find the trail of the things that he said. So I think that that's just wild. It's wild. And I hope that uh, really some decisions are, well, I guess obviously a decision was made in terms of what happened with the Wednesday night show. What happens for the future of Brian Kendrick and AEW? Only time will tell, but this is something we'll be watching for sure. Speaking of AEW, got another piece of AEW news for you. As AEW Music has announced a new project that's getting ready to be released, it's called Who We Are, A Celebration of Excellence, Volume 1. Commemorating the beginning of Black History Month, AEW revealed this upcoming release, which is a compilation album that will bring to life the stories of more than 20 African-American AEW wrestlers through the music of established hip-hop and R&B artists. It's executive produced by AEW's in-house producer Mikey Ruckus. It is the promotion's first ever full-length compilation LP, and it will feature an introduction from legendary funk musician Bootsy Collins, with proceeds from the project benefiting the Bootsy Collins Foundation. Who We Are, A Celebration of Excellence, Volume 1, will be released on Friday, February the 18th, initially available exclusively in hard copy format, with pre-orders now open at shopaew.com. The album features contributions from artists such as John Connor, Mega Ran, Brinson, Omega Sparks, Mont Easy, Josiah Williams, who's also known as Russell and Flo, who also has worked on theme songs for both WWE and AEW and was once employed by NXT. Excited for that. Along with AEW's own Max Caster and Sonny Kiss, they'll all be part of the project. Some other names that might be familiar to some of our audience includes Applejacks, who's a guy I've worked with for quite some time. You've got Brinson on there as well, and several others. Lots of hip-hop artists are being connected to this, and some of the stories that are being told are stories for Red Velvet, Lee Moriarty, Nyla Rose, Sonny Kiss, Jay Lethal, Jade Cargill, Ricky Starks, Sean Dean, and several others. So let's just say this is going to be quite the project. Shout out to AEW for having A, their own music division. I think we've been waiting for this for quite some time. And I'm intrigued to see how this project is going to go. So AEW's Who We Are, A Celebration of Excellence, Volume 1, hits stores two weeks from today, Friday, February the 18th, and it will initially be available exclusively in hard copy format. And you can check that out at shopaew.com. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, 
wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been Attention wrestling fans, join us for SHW 36, Friday, February 4th at the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. The working team captain Owen Knight defends his Southern Honor Championship in a rematch against the Black Cloud, Joe Black. Technical excellence will put their tag team titles on the line as they face off with All-Star Special. Two monsters collide as Cyrus the Destroyer goes one-on-one -on -one with the Priest of Punishment, Judas. The heathen Cruel is out for revenge as he takes on our pal Sal in a no-holds-barred grudge match. Plus, AC Mack defends his newly won Independent Wrestling World Championship for the first time against David Ali. And after nearly a year away, Matt and Joey Lynch return to the ring as they face the Washington Bullets. Also in action, Jordan Kingsley, Adam Priest, Kevin Ryan, Dylan McQueen, and more. And will Gunnar Miller finally get an answer from Tank and the Reverend? There's only one way to find out. Join us live in the Action Building. Tickets go on sale at the door the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. SHW, this is our wrestling. All right, guys, so speaking of AEW and continuing in that vein for a bit, what an episode of Dynamite this past Wednesday. Huge, huge episode emanating from Chicago. And were you shocked, like I was, that CM Punk lost to MJF? They had an amazing match, absolutely amazing match. And there was one point where we had a bit of a false finish that kind of reminded me of CM Punk versus The Rock at Royal Rumble several years ago. I think it was 2014, 2013, one of those years where The Rock wins the WWE Championship, but it looked like Punk had actually won the match. So I saw that similarity, which was neat. But CM Punk gets his first loss. It happens in Chicago against MJF. And that match had a lot of time. I think it went 30 minutes or so. It might have even gone a little longer than that. 
So I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts, CM Punk versus MJF. I got to say, AEW is, again, continuing to bring us some compelling content on screen. Then, though, as I say that, I think about this image that we got. And so let's just think about Wednesday, which is crazy. So Wednesday, AEW announces who we are, a celebration of excellence, volume one. I told you about that project. They also, of course, remove Brian Kendrick from the Dynamite card. And then in segment two, we see Brandy Rhodes and Dan Lambert. Now, the last time they were in the ring together, it was rather controversial with Brandy Rhodes dropping some things that, well, we didn't exactly like. This segment was no better. I think it's just time to keep Brandy Rhodes out of the ring and off of the mic. It's not necessary. It's not adding anything to the card. And then it's just really uncomfortable. We don't need it. But hey, interesting. I just thought all of that was so interesting with the start of Black History Month and AEW's attempts to do what they're doing. Yeah. Ugh. All right. With that said, I want to go another direction and give you a little bit more Royal Rumble fallout because this is interesting. So the word on the street is that Shane McMahon was quietly released by Vince McMahon after the debacle of a Royal Rumble this weekend. Apparently, we told you that Triple H and TJ Wilson, a.k.a. Tyson Kidd, were not physically present and did not produce the match, but apparently who did was Shane McMahon. And Shane had plans and aspirations to be in the final four of that match. Uh, He was rearranging, according to all sorts of reports, he was rearranging what happened, who went in, et cetera, et cetera. And the people were really unhappy, the people being the roster, very unhappy. So Shane McMahon's gone, and... I have to say, when he came in, I was surprised, but I wasn't moved. He didn't seem to be the Shane McMahon we knew and loved. I don't know. This is just a mess. And there are rumors that he could go to AEW, but I think there are also people trying to warn Tony Khan, hey, 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 this is not exactly what you want on your program. So, interesting, could Shane McMahon's time in pro wrestling be done? I don't know. But I don't think, and this is kind of a brave statement to say, I don't think Shane McMahon has ever really lived up to what we believed Shane McMahon could be. Bring me back the Shane McMahon that bought WCW. I would love to see what he would have done with WCW. And if they'd still be an entity we'd be talking about as an active promotion today. I don't know. Very, very interesting. All right, before we go, I think you'll be interested in this piece of news. We're starting 2022 and the WWE financial report from the fourth quarter and its full year came out yesterday. And with that, things are pretty interesting. Let's start here. Fourth quarter highlights from WWE, their revenue increased 30% to $310 million. The operating income increased 131% to $83.6 million. In terms of the full year highlights, and perhaps this number trumps it all, revenue increased in WWE by 12% for the year to $1 billion. 
dollars, the highest in company history. They now have 3.5 million paid subscriptions to the WWE Network on Peacock, which is more than double of what they had when they moved the network to Peacock when they were at $1.5 million. So, needless to say, the WWE had financially its best year ever. <sighs> now, mind you, this comes, of course, on the heels of releasing somewhere close to 60 to 80 people that are on-screen talent. It comes with a whole bunch of other things that we've documented over time. I think this gets interesting because, of course, we know that usually it's around WrestleMania, the week after WrestleMania, that we start to see their first bit of annual cuts. But when you've made $1 billion in revenue, almost $1.1 billion in revenue, uh, they've got to feel some kind of way. So I think it's interesting, WWE, their move to Peacock made sense. They've obviously made some interesting decisions in terms of their shows. Remember, when you got to July of last year, fans returned. So that increased revenue, of course, because the last six months of the year, they actually had shows that they were able to do with fans in attendance and all the revenue that's connected to that. Interesting times in WWE that they had their biggest financial year in 2021. And yet it seems like there are some people that are unhappy there. I don't know. But my question to you is, with WWE now cracking the $1 billion mark in revenue for the year, what do you think they do now? Like, what other cost-cutting measures do you think they take? Let's talk about that on the socials. With that said, we're going to get out of here. We've got a big day today. Of course, SHW 36 is happening tonight. Remember, you can relive the AC Mac interview via audio on all of our streaming outlets. And, of course, you can check out the video enhanced version at Facebook.com slash The Faction Show. And here's what I'm interested in. Do you have anybody you want us to interview or do you have any particular piece of content that you'd like for us to share or talk about? Let us know on the socials at The Faction Show. Hope to see some of you guys tonight at SHW 36. Remember, tickets go on sale 5 p.m. Eastern at the door it's in Canton, Georgia at the Action Building. And it's going to be absolutely incredible. I hope to see you guys there where AC Mack defends the IWTV World Championship against David Ali. And Owen Knight puts the SHW championship on the line against Joe Black. Super excited for a super stacked card tonight at SHW 36. All right, guys, have an absolutely amazing weekend. Love you all so much. And representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, my name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I lead my people here